Hi guys, welcome back to the Abby Awesome Podcast. In today's episode, I will be talking about wildlife safety and living in the country and how to keep your pets and um, children safe. And I'm going to share with you like how I protect them at dusk till dawn. And I've talked about the mountain lions and coyotes and cougars at night time and um I really just wanted to dive in a little deeper about what it's like to live out in the forest in the country in Oregon and um I remember I was talking to one of my friends back in Texas and um they asked me well how far out are you in Oregon in the country and I told them I live in a valley in the forest in Oregon. So the um cuz lately there have been a lot of mountain lion cougar slash cougar encounters in our area, which is why I only lately have been letting my dogs run on the property and that's basically it. But what I do to keep my dog safe is what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. So I'm going to be pulling up what I wrote down earlier on my computer to help me figure out if my computer... There it is. Sorry, it took me a second for my computer to... I created a document of Cougar... safety plan so I'm gonna get right into that I have my document right here and it says cougar safety plan um when are cougars most active dusk until dawn meaning at night until morning what to do if you see a cougar or mountain lion or bobcat or whatever what you do is make yourself look bigger. Um, like if you have a jacket, open up your jacket, wave, have your hands above your head and stuff like that. Two, pick up small children or pets without bending or turning your back around your or turning your back. And the main reason they tell you not to turn your back on a cougar is because that will provoke it to run and chase after you. Which kind of makes sense, but also doesn't. Um, When I first moved out here to the countryside, I always kept my dog on a leash, and I still do. Because I have an idea of what's out here, like woodland creatures, mountain lions, bobcats, stuff like that. And um, I really, like, looked into that stuff because I want to know, like, how I can protect myself and my family and my pets and everyone that I love. And so you make yourself look bigger. You pick up small children or pets without bending or turning your back because that will provoke them to chase after you. I kind of understand it, but I don't at the same time. Um, number three is if you cannot shoot a gun, use the tr- tools that nature provides you, such as 
branches that fall fell off the tree or fall off the trees or throw rocks basically what your surrounding is is what you need to do to protect yourself and your kids or pets um is to um basically have them throw rocks and basic stuff around the in the area that the mountain lion encounter um happens or where it occurs um number four Um, this one is very, probably if you do not have, like, a gun on you, or if you can't find any, like, rocks or anything to defend yourself with against it, what I am going to suggest next is scream loud and back away slowly. Do not run. This triggers mountain lions to chase you, and they'll, they actually can jump 18 feet in the air which is crazy, and, um, that they can jump that high, so, um, what I do to protect myself and my pets and everyone is I specifically will carry pepper spray on me 24 hours a day. If you live out in the country, you need to be aware of your surroundings 24-7 at all times no matter what you have to you have to be aware of your surroundings even during the day it doesn't matter if they're more active dusk till dawn you still have to be aware of your surroundings um one i'm gonna talk about my mountain lion encounter I'm pretty sure it was a mountain lion because there's been a lot lately on around where we are. And I, one morning I was letting my dogs off leash because I trust my dogs off leash to run around and play and um, stuff like that. I just let them run around and get their energy out and I supervise them. I saw something out of the corner of my eye, and it was tan, and I know it wasn't my dog, because I was seeing my dogs, and, um, I really, since I didn't have my pepper spray on me or anything, the best thing I could do is scream. I screamed, and it ran the other way. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw, because my neighbor said he's been seeing a lot on his property, so... That's why I've been trying to take extra precautions. And if you know that my service dog is a service dog, if you've been following my podcast for a while, or if you've been um, following my YouTube channel, what I do at night to protect my service dog is I'll put her service dog gear on, which is reflective. And If something happens, I can just pick her up and go to the house or the shop or wherever I'm at in the area of the encounter. And um, the pepper spray gives me enough time to run. Like, you're not supposed to run in, in 
to a mountain lion or away from a mountain lion, the one thing you never want to do when you see a mountain lion is you never want to walk towards it. Because that's just, to me, that's obvious. You should never walk towards a mountain lion or any wild animal. And another good thing to do is when... When, um, like if you're hiking, I highly suggest that you don't hike alone or go on walks by yourself because the, I don't know, just hike with a bunch of people for safety reasons. And also what I suggest you do is carry like a bear spray or ear horn and, or those little alarms that you just unplug and there you go. But that's what I would highly recommend. And um, at night, most of the time, before my mom goes to her night shift at the hospital um, where she works, what she does is she'll help me take them out one more time around like 630 and then I'll put pee pads down, and that'll be it for the night. No, like, I'll I let them have food and water throughout the day, obviously, but at, like, 6 p.m., that all goes up, and I put pee pads down so they can go on them, and I layer my pee pads to protect the carpet, and, um, so... I'm glad about that. Um, if you have cats, what I highly suggest is making them indoor cats because smaller cats or smaller animals that you have will, they will just think of it as they have their next meal for lunch and that's it. But the main reason I'm glad I got found my pepper spray is because if no one's home I can take my dogs out if I need to and I will I can use pepper spray if needed it's half a can of pepper spray but you know you can never be too careful it that can go a long ways um and another thing is to always um be alert of your surroundings day or night. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. Cougars, mountain lions, bobcats, whatever, are still around. So I would highly recommend keeping your eye out 24-7. Where I live, I always keep my eyesight... Well, my eye. I always keep my eyes open and I always carry pepper spray and... When I first moved here and I would keep my dogs on leashes on the property, what I would do is, um, what I would do is keep them on the leash, let them go potty, and walk them around the house a couple times to get their energy out and do the rest of their business just because I don't want them to get hurt, and I know it's out here, but what else do is out here we have coyotes and stuff like that so apart from that part of this episode I'm gonna get into 
mental health updates and what's going on with that. So with my mental health updates, it's actually been going okay, but not too great. If you know, if you knew in my last couple episodes, I talked about, um, how I'm going off the Zoloft, which is an antidepressant SSRI, and it was hard to, um, go off of because Zalexa and Zoloft are one of the hardest antidepressants to come off of, and, um, I don't know why, but I had a really bad withdrawal one day when I worked part-time, and, um, I actually had to go home because of my withdrawal symptoms were really bad, um, what happened with my withdrawal for with Zoloft is um what happened was um I get really bad anxiety um the Zoloft never really helped me because it made my PTSD a lot worse and it made my anxiety a lot worse to where I had to take my anxiety medication every single day, which was not necessary. So I went to my doctor and talked to her about a new medication and what I could do. What I do is I take amitriptyline at night for sleep pain and for depression. And um also, what was happening is I was diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, and that also is caused by vitamin D deficiency. And if you don't know what that vitamin D deficiency is, it is basically where, since I moved to the Pacific Northwest um, in Oregon, obviously it's not as sunny and bright as Texas or because I haven't been eating a lot of foods with vitamin D in them and I haven't been exposed to the sun so much to where the point was, um, it was to the point where my muscles were achy all the time. I couldn't really do this, that, or the other, and it was really hard on me. And I already, um, am disabled and it makes life harder, so... When, um, I had that withdrawal, it was really hard, and also, what's going on is, my vitamin D deficiency was so low, that I have to take 50,000 milligrams, no, I'm not exaggerating, that's exactly what my pill bottle says, 50,000 milligrams of vitamin D once a week every month. And I also went to the doctor when I was talking to her about my depression symptoms and my depression relapse. Um, and um, with depression, with major depressive disorder and um, PTSD and seasonal affective disorder, I do have severe depression in that aspect and it is hard on me because I already have a learning disability and I don't like that about my myself um I don't like that about myself but I'm trying to learn to like learn more about myself and reconnect with myself and let myself 
be more open and honest to people about how I'm feeling and what I'm feeling and how to explain it or not even explain it, express it because I have a really tough time expressing or not expressing, explaining my mental health and it's hard for me to do that. And um, another thing is um, that if you've been following my podcast, my YouTube channel for a couple years now, or my vlog channel, um, you would know I have hypothyroidism, which is a, it's not a mental illness, but it's also, it affects your whole body, your body temperature, your mood swings, your, it causes anxiety, depression, weight gain. And hypothyroidism for me is actually why it's harder for me to lose weight. And I can't really, it just makes me lose motivation. And um, a while ago, I applied for social security because I am, I have a rare diagnosis. Um, I can't really um, like get, go into my diagnosis because it's hard to find, but it is part it is um a rare diagnosis so I'm from Texas and so I got a form saying that I needed a witness who isn't a family member to sign the paperwork so I had my sister's boyfriend sign it then I got another one and then I got had my boss sign it and then um we had this guy come do some work on the property for us, and um, he sa- watched me sign it. And then I had to get another one, and my mom just looked at me and was like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if you got four more, because in Austin, where I'm from, since I'm in a different state, um, what they do is... Um, They make you jump through these hoops and someone actually had the audacity to tell my mom when we applied for social security because of my disability being really, it's not really, but it is rare and um, they actually told my mom, your daughter's faking your disability when I have medical files and I've given them contact information to call my doctors from Texas from when I was even a little kid. And then my mom forgot to, like, mention when I was going through a bad withdrawal from an antidepressant that I was admitted for a couple days. But, um, yeah, it was really frustrating because it's really hard with day life, um, and I don't know how to really explain it, um, but having this rare diagnosis that I'm not going to get into because that's personal to me and to my family about my diagnosis is, um, that I have a lot of learning curves and it's hard for me to focus on stuff. I can't really do anything that, like, I can't see well. Um, Very similar to ADHD. 
So that's what I'm just going to tell you guys it is, I think. But it's very similar to that, and that's how I was misdiagnosed. And um, it's hard when you have gone from being misdiagnosed with ADHD to a rare disability. And it's part of the spectrum disorders. I'm not going to tell you what spectrum disorder. If you want to, you can look it up yourself. Um, but it basically affects my brain. I um, think a lot differently. And um, I definitely... Um, My body weight is at a different thing, and, um, you'd be surprised, like, yeah, it's supposedly a rare disability, but you'd be surprised how common this disability is since it is part of the spectrum disorders, and, um, it's hard because I want to be, I guess, normal, and, um, I guess normal for me is like my sisters are normal because they can drive a car. They can go do what they need to do and not worry about it versus me. I have to worry if I'm going to go somewhere, if I need to, I need to figure out a ride because I can't drive or I need to, if I need to take my service dog with me because she's psychiatric and medical or, um, couple episodes ago and you can go on my youtube channel to check out what task my service dog does as a chihuahua and um she basically helps me with medical and psychiatric medical is sometimes my ptsd just causes me to faint and um she does alert to that, and she also alerts me to take daily medicine. She alerts me, bef- like, if something triggers an anxiety attack or a PTSD episode, she'll paw at me consistently. And then she does light pressure therapy, and she will distract, like, any harmful behavior and stuff like that. Um, so that's basically what her tasks are she and she does do a little door task the door task is she can close doors and she can open doors if they are a little cracked um so i will see you guys in my next podcast episode i hope you enjoyed this episode where i dive in a little deeper into my disability and it being part of the spectrum disorders um and i hope you enjoyed my safety tips on mountain lion encounters and yeah i will see you uh, not see i will update you guys in my next podcast episode and i'll talk to you then bye guys